<laughs> or how did their music go? Uh, oh, da 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 da. No, I can't. That's like Cheers or something. I don't know. Anyways, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. My name is Daniel Rogers, and today I'm joined by a longtime listener, first-time guest. Uh, Sir Jesse Wynn. That's what they call me. Yep. Yeah, Sir Jesse Wynn. That's right. Uh, Jesse, for those of you who aren't in our Facebook group or who aren't in any Facebook group uh, on, on Facebook at all, because if you are, you've probably seen Jesse's uh, posts <laughs> that he shares. Um, Jesse is from Albertville, Alabama. Well, no, he's, he's not from Albertville, Alabama, but he lives in Albertville, Alabama, um, close to Radu, and he's actually the main reason, besides God, uh, that I'm at the North Broad Street Church in Albertville. And so, so glad to have him on the podcast. And Jesse, why don't you just give us a little elevator pitch of who you are and why we should care? Uh, well, I don't I don't know <laughs> if you should care, uh, so I don't know if I can do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm from uh, Arab, Alabama. Or, uh, some people call it Arab, Alabama. Yeah, that's the Middle East. That's in the Middle East part of Alabama. It is. Right. <laughs> it actually might be. Um, I mean, it kind of is. Uh, it's south of Huntsville, not too far from Albertville. And uh, I uh, grew up in Churches of Christ, uh, like most people who listen, and uh, was in ministry for almost 10 years and uh, stepped down a year ago, um, mostly for a sabbatical and, and also to continue my uh, education, um, just for those who care. Uh, I have a degree in uh, Bible, uh, one in business management. And I'm in my last semester of my master's in organizational psychology. In fact, by the time this airs, I'll probably just have like two more weeks and I'll be done, which is, which is crazy. And then we'll see where I go from there. I am not like most of, most of the guests who know exactly what they're doing. I am <laughs> yeah. on my journey. I'm uh, exploring faith, pursuing grace at the moment. Well, uh, newsflash, all the guests are liars, and we all pretend that okay. we know what's going on. Because, well. you know, that's one thing I noticed when I became an adult was that, like, all adults are just pretending like they know what they're doing, and they're just better at pretending than, like, teenagers are. Mm. And so they seem like they have authority when really they're just as clueless as everybody else. I have, I have zero authority, so zero. <laughs> uh, there's no reason to listen to me today. Well, hey, before we get started, though, uh, what are some sources, uh, maybe like uh, websites you have, social media profiles, whatever? Yeah, so since I'm not in ministry anymore, I mean, I, I can't really invite you to my, I, mean, I guess I could talk, invite you to the church I go to, but that's an episode for another day. <laughs> uh, and But I do have a blog. Uh, if anybody's interested, I write on all kinds of things. It's called the image of Jesus dot blog, and uh, uh, it's not as fancy as Daniel's, but uh, but it has some some stuff on there that you might find useful. Um, and uh, of course, Facebook. I mean, I'm on the uh, there's a private uh, um, group for the blog um, for those who need kind of a spiritual community, and I'm on there probably uh, more than I should be. Uh, yeah. Uh, trying to interact with all that, so you can find me on on Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's called Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. So I just looked that up on Facebook, and it's one of the first things that pops up. There's like an older group, so you kind of have to figure out which one's which. But I think ours has the picture. Yeah, just just try to uh, join both of them, and and whoever adds. Yeah, I left <laughs> the other group. See, here's what happened. Uh, Lee's old Facebook profile um, got overtaken by ISIS or something, and so you know. Mm. Uh, Facebook deleted his profile, and but that was the profile that was the only admin of the Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace private discussion page, and so now nobody can delete it. 
So we have two. So uh, come find us and join us, and uh, we'd love to uh, have you part of our little community. Um, so you got the image of Jesus.blog. You got Facebook. Um, just real quick before we get started, are there any other resources you just want to throw out there f- uh, for us f- that might help with our subject today? Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, bitterness, uh, disagreements, and those, with capital letters, uh, those uh, holiday family conversations that we're getting ready to have uh, today. Uh, this is supposed to air on Thanksgiving, um, but really, you know, uh, some people might not get it until you know Christmas or whatever, and we all are familiar with those kind of conversations, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I, I want to give you some uh, resources um, that you can look to to kind of help with some of this stuff. Um, uh, first and foremost, I want to say that if you're really having a hard time on a personal level emotionally, um, I want to encourage you to get a therapist. <laughs> now, I know that sounds, uh, that sounds really uh, judgmental, um, but I use a therapist. Uh, hopefully, Daniel doesn't mind me saying that he has a therapist. Yeah. And, uh, and you can do it proactively, um, but... Uh, I just want to say we have therapists who uh, license, you know, counselors who listen to our uh, our podcast uh, that really participate, and uh, and and that I'm sure some of them would be happy to, to uh, encourage you if you need any encouragement. And you're not maybe you're not able to get a therapist at the moment. There's yeah. resources out there, and and I'm sure if you reached out to Daniel, he'll help you with that. Yeah, and there's even uh, there's even telehealth. So you can even do telehealth mm-hmm. therapists if yeah. your insurance has it, or if you're able to get that through whatever. Um, whatever uh, practice you go with. I know that mine, I was a little nervous about mine because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm back in Northeast Alabama. The person that I probably need to talk to is going to be difficult to find, right? Mm, yeah. And the, first, <laughs> the very first appointment <laughs> I had maybe four weeks ago, he goes, he goes okay, so uh, my name is Mr. Blank, and I'm a recovering Southern Baptist. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is great. You're exactly who I need to see. That's great. And then like in the last, uh, <laughs> in our last appointment, he referenced this like, this uh, this Buddhist monk that not that many people know and that I happen to know because of my uh, research into like contemplation and, you know, uh, centering prayer and things like that. So I was like, yeah, this guy's, he's going to be good for me. Yeah. So it might take searching around though. And yeah. it's, and it's not, the therapist is obviously going to understand that, his personality or her personality might differ from yours or sure. their their methods or philosophy might differ. So sure. there's there's nothing wrong with giving it a few tries. Don't mm-hmm. don't go to one and be like, Oh, this person's terrible. Therapists are useless and quacks and like never go back. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well they're and they're, and they're I mean, they're humans obviously, so there's gonna be biases there. But they're trained. You know, they're they're trained, licensed people. So if you're sitting here today and you're like having some some bitterness that you're working through or you're having a hard time communicating with your family on some kind of a uh, personal and emotional level, uh, there's resources out there. But as far as the subject matter goes, um, uh, obviously I go to uh, psychologytoday.com for a lot of articles. Um, Almost always someone with a PhD is writing those articles, and they try to write them for lay people, so people who aren't in the field of psychology. Um, So they have some resources for different subjects. You You can almost search anything really um there's two podcasts uh that are really good talking about disagreeing and agreeing to disagree and communication besides exploring faith besides so yeah (laughs) these are going to be way down the list um but uh one's called disagree better and the other is called communication 24 7 but 24 7 is all spelled out and it's all one word so it's 
communication 24-7. Yeah, and all these links will be hyperlinked in the show notes below. And if for some reason I miss one and you can't find it, just message me. And, like, literally Jesse's sitting right beside me. And so I'm pretty sure I can track it down. So, yeah, sure, sure. so, so it's all in the show notes below if you need these links. And it, I, also, this isn't directly associated with uh, what we're talking about today. Um, but there's two books I would want uh, to recommend that kind of the principles still have to do with what we're talking about today. Uh, one is uh, uh, Love Matters More by Jared Boss. He's actually a uh, former guest uh, about a year ago or so um, that Lee and uh, Kevin had on. Uh, and he talked about that book, and it's a great book. I've read it. Um, uh, I, get, I gave it to the, the teens at North Broad whenever they uh, graduated last year. Um, it's a fantastic book that talks about how to agree to disagree and what really matters in our in our relationships. And then finally, uh, there's a book by uh, Rachel Held Evans. Unfortunately, she left the world way too soon, um, but she has so many good resources. Uh, Sarah, my wife, and my sister, Marnie, they're uh, both reading uh, Searching for Sunday, uh, which is the book that I would recommend to you by Rachel Held Evans. And she kind of gives her testimony. Um, that you'll probably relate to a lot because it's very similar to many of you. Yeah. And she deals with, she talks about uh, dealing with family and disagreements and those kind of situations. And, and if you're from the South, I would highly recommend her audiobook because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, her accent comes out yeah. and it's just like so relatable, you know? Because <laughs> so when she says that she's from Irondale, Alabama, <laughs> like you feel it in your bones and you're like, yeah, this is my person, yeah. you know? Um, and so. Yeah, uh, Rachel Held Evans is definitely an awesome resource. Uh, her book, Inspired, which mm, yeah. I, f- I forget the subtitle, but it was something like Slaying Giants and Walking on Water or something. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it's really uh, really good as well. And also her year in biblical womanhood. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for anyone, but especially for the ladies out there from, from the Churches of Christ or Baptist Church or wherever, uh, where, you know, unfortunately in a lot of our congregations, women um, might not be uh, – elevated to the to the place they need to be elevated to she really calls some of that stuff out in that book it's great it is and as a guy there was parts of it where i was like okay i don't really like exactly relate to what's going on here sure. but some of it i definitely could and mm-hmm. and she's just hilarious yeah, so is. if you're dealing with some of that trauma uh that religious trauma and bitterness she's a great resource for you to go to um i've got one more here uh jesse this is an article called Thanksgiving Resources, posted by a former guest on the podcast, uh, Brian McLaren. Um, it was posted on November 22nd, 2021, and he's got like six posts <laughs> before mm. that. So you can find it pretty quick on his website, but I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. And it has some just some good communication tips, and, and may, it even gives you a script of what to use, of what to say in those awkward family holiday conversations that you might want to avoid. Uh, to, to deal with later, like not, you know, not while you're slicing the turkey. You don't want to talk about whether or not you still believe in predestination. So, you know, uh, he gives you a good script to deal with that. So I'll post that below as well. And I think you had one more that you wanted to suggest, uh, private Facebook communities. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can fi- – or, or Reddit or whatever. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, any kind of social media communities that um, – they're out there. If you uh, – I don't want to, like, name them all because some of them are really private and we don't want to, like, you know – yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> throw anybody under the bus. But, uh, of course, we want to uh, recommend the podcast, um, you know, a private uh, group. Sure. As and you did earlier. And then, uh, but there's there's others out there that you yeah. can find that. I know that uh, one of our listeners found me uh, on a, a sort of anonymous account mm-hmm. um, on r slash uh, XCOC. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of funny. 
she uh, or he, I, I don't remember if it was a she or he, they don't, I don't think they even told me, but they private messaged me and they're like, I think I know who you are and don't let that scare you. But I had like another question <laughs> and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, time to, you know, time to burn the, you know, burn down the forest, burn down the fields and like retreat to the next, but not, nah, they, uh, they were an awesome person. So I didn't do any of that yet, but. Uh, well, it's just, it's just good to have community. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. that you're not alone, you know. Exactly. And so there's anonymous communities and there's uh, communities where you got, you know, your whole life story right there one click away. Sure. Um, So, okay. Um, So, Jesse, last week on Facebook, or maybe earlier this week, which it's Thanksgiving, so it was like a month ago. Yeah. um, (laughs) So uh, you put out a survey on several different groups. Kind of walk us through what that was about. Uh, you know, yeah. and what questions you asked, and just give us a general idea of what all that was for. Sure. Like, it, first of all, like, um, as a as someone getting their master's in psychology, I feel like I should just make sure that it's understood for the, to, for the sake of integrity that it wasn't a scientific survey by any stretch. It was just a Facebook survey that uh, that I made just out of curiosity to get a general idea about how people felt about these issues, uh, uh, as far as bitterness and and those. Uh, family conversations, especially regarding religion, but even politics. And so I, I asked, uh, I won't go through the whole survey, but I asked uh, people, uh, hey, do you, in, in an ideal world, would you want to be able to talk with your family uh, about different views on religion or different views on politics, even if there were disagreements? And then uh, kind of as a follow-up, I asked, uh, now generally speaking, would you say that your family is currently open to those disagree those conversations, even if there are disagreements? And uh, it was it was pretty um, it's pretty a large portion of people who said, uh, "Hey, I'd like to have those conversations, especially when it came to religion." Not so much with politics, interestingly enough. Uh, most everyone is like, "Eh, let's kind of stay away from that," which is understandable. This is an election. Uh, I mean, by the time this airs, the elections will be over. But yeah, the cities will have already been burned down, and <laughs> the states will have already have seceded. You know? <laughs> we might not exist. Anymore. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting though that when it came to religion, um, most everybody wanted to have those conversations. About seventy-five percent of the people uh, who took the took the survey, and um, but only sixty percent said that they feel like their families would be open. Uh, to those conversations if there were disagreements. Um, and a lot of that comes down to people um, and their families having uh, different personalities. So part of what I do, I, I'm not a, when I say psychology, a lot of times we think of a counselor. There's different types of psychology. And the type of psychology I'm involved with is organizational psychology. And so uh, so you think institutions like businesses, but even like churches. Uh, churches are institutions or organizations or organisms they're alive and they have their own personalities uh, just like people have their own personalities uh, but another institution or, or organism is the family institution and so while I can't really professionally help anybody who's listening today um, as far as therapy and counseling that's not my expertise I do know a little bit about per- the personality of institutions and what you see is different families tend to lean towards uh, either being passive when there's conflict or tension, or they tend to be more aggressive or combative hmm. uh, so that maybe they, they get quiet and let, let's have really superficial conversations or maybe just a really awkward silence. <laughs> yeah. uh, or on the other side, 
uh, let's just debate the whole time and see what we can debate about. Yeah, let me tell a story about my family. Um, we had a visiting preacher. He actually preaches not too far from where we are now. Okay. And uh, he he tried out at our church. They were going to kind of establish sort of a co-minister thing. They saw that I was uh, going down the road to the dark side, uh. and so they wanted to bring in like a you know wise master sensei to come in and sort of guide <laughs> me back the right path. So they tried out a couple guys, and this one guy they tried out, he preached using, wait for it, the English Standard Version. Oh, man. Dude, yeah. Burn him at the stake. Easily Satan's version. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're such a nerd. Dude, that's terrible. Okay, (laughs) anyways, my uncle grills this guy for like 20 minutes over the ESV during lunch after he tried out. As he should. Imagine you try out at a church and you get grilled or freeze in the ESV, and he was like pulling out the verses that – there you know the ESV teaches once saved always saved and mm. salvation by faith alone and all this kind of stuff and meanwhile I'm sitting there thinking well don't you know that the King James talks about Easter and sure. you know you know parents sorry pissing against the wall and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. what are we doing you know yeah. but that's how my family is yep. so when you talk about combative and in your face and let's debate mm-hmm. it out like 110 percent sure sure yeah and in some in some families to be fair. Um, handle these kind of conversations better than others, but it's because they they put in uh, those kind of uh, that kind of work that we're going to talk about today uh, to train themselves to have those to be have healthy conversations. Um, my family, uh, we were very argumentative about things. I mean, we we got uh, we we got joy out of it, and anybody who knows me knows I love to argue. Not because I'm mad at anybody. I just I, it's fun for me. And yeah. but Sarah's family, my wife very passive if there's conflict let's just pretend that it's not there um and there's pros and cons to both of those things it's really helped mine and sarah's relationship really um because of the different environments we came from so uh so sarah if she sees me kind of losing my mind over something that i don't need to lose my mind over my my inner leprechaun comes out i guess and i'm just like arguing and just just uh just you know just so mad about whatever the issue is uh, you know, she'll kind of calmly in her nice little gentle zero way say, "Hey, may- maybe let's just kind of let the air out of this a little bit," you know. And and then on the other side of that, uh, Sarah, because of how she grew up, uh, is more likely uh, to say, "I love b- people a lot," but to the to the extent that I let them kind of step on me. Mm. And so I'm over there, and I'm like, "No, that's not gonna be. That's not gonna work." Like you're. you're you're going to need to uh, find some kind of balance where you're being respectful and 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 and, and loving as Jesus, as Jesus would want you to be, but you're direct and say this this isn't going to fly. Now these I have boundaries, and yeah. so we, we learn from each other. But different families have different ways of de- dealing with conflict. But the the issue is, you're not really dealing with conflict whenever you're being passive or even when you're being aggressive. When you're being passive, and you're just saying let's have superficial conversations where we don't really grow closer to one another because we don't really talk about anything and we just avoid everything, you're, you're not you're not really con- avoiding the conflict. You're just internalizing the conflict. On the opposite extreme, if your family tends to lean towards, hey, let's be combative and aggressive and militant about things, let's argue about things, you're not really um, handling the conflict and growing from the conflict. You're just avoiding the conflict uh in some kind of direct, explicit way, but you're internalizing it. You're trying to say, hey, look at this argument, this yeah. emotional uh, show that I'm putting on. 
so that uh, we don't have to talk about the real issues that are here. Yeah, and I think that's one reason why my personality, <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't really, it takes after my family, but it, sometimes it like doesn't. Like, for example, I love to debate and argue and talk about stuff too, but if I ever get a whiff of somebody being combative or somebody using sort of uh, subversive tactics to try to win the debate instead of having a conversation, I will ghost that person on mm-hmm. Facebook faster than anybody in the universe. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm gone. Yeah. And I guess it's because I'm so like allergic to that kind of conversation yeah. that I, I don't even want to subject myself to somebody who's going to resort to like questioning my motives or attacking personality or attacking a straw man. It's like, oh, you've just told me that you actually don't want to have a conversation, so why should I waste my time <laughs> keeping this thing going? Sure. Right? Sure. And so it's kind of interesting how I've almost – you know, I went from this sort of aggressive kind of style to to a more passive style, but a lot of that's from uh, setting strong boundaries about what kind of conversations that I even want to enter into, sure. right? And that brings us to why. And that's because of <laughs> bitterness mm-hmm. and being hurt and uh, feeling like you've just been, you know, dragged down the road behind a pickup truck mm. uh, because of political or religious differences. Sure. And chances are, if somebody is listening to this podcast, they've probably gone through some form of uh, destru- deconstruction, almost said destruction, which it might be. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was I was thinking of uh, Bradley Jerzak's uh, quote where he talked about uh, <clears throat> deconstruction without humility uh, is like setting the forest ablaze, but uh, kenosis, uh, right? Yeah. Is is self-emptying. yeah is is deconstruction means it's self-emptying. Yep. Right, instead of like arson, I yeah, think that's sure, what it sure. was. Yeah. So not not burning everything away, but just emptying yourself of, of what's not healthy for you. Right. So most likely, if you're listening to this podcast, and uh, maybe not, uh, maybe you're listening to this to like figure out ways to keep your children from becoming like us or something, <laughs> or you know, you're like trying to see if your pastor is saying the same things we're saying or something like that. Um, anyways, you've probably been through something like that, and because of those changes, depending on the a family environment you grew up in, it may be that you've been ostracized from your community. You might have been disfellowshipped from your particular church, or maybe you married into a family that was like that, and now you're having to help your spouse cope with this toxicity. And uh, Jesse's survey that he gave had actually uh, just this really fascinating question uh, question towards the end, and he put in there... um, for people to put their age, and it was interesting how people of different ages answered these last two questions on the survey. Could you sure relate those to us real quick? Yeah, well, the, the last question, you know, we're, we're talking in this survey about politics and religion, and if our families uh, are open to having those kind of conversations, um, even if there's disagreements. And then also, does the inv- individual taking the survey, um, do they even want to have those conversations? And, and because there's reasons to not, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the, the last question was, um, is there ever a temptation to skip family gatherings uh, because of poor communication regarding things like religion or, or politics or whatever it might be? Now, the, the range of, of, uh, of participants in this survey, there are 70 people who participated. And again, it's not a scientific survey, but it's still interesting to hear what they had to say. Uh, it was from 18 years old to 76 years old. And when, when I asked that question, uh, two-thirds uh, said, uh, no, I've, I haven't been tempted to do that. But still, one-third 
uh, says, uh, yeah, I have been tempted to skip out on that. And that's still a large percentage. But when you when I break that down and just look at the data for, for millennials, so um, millennials are people roughly 43 years old. And, and, and then also I looked at, you know, the, the people who are 18 to like 25 would be like Gen Z. Um, when I broke it down to just look at that data, so 43 years and, and younger, um, the it was almost 50% of people who said, yeah, I've been tempted often to skip out on family gatherings um, because of the uh, lack of communication, and I just don't feel like it's a safe place for me to do that. And that's pretty profound yeah. um, that, you know, it shoots up, you know, 15% just by looking at, uh, the different different demographic of the, the people 43 and younger. Yeah, what, what do you think might be some factors into that disparity there? Sure. Um, I think I think a lot of it has to do with uh, kind of the philosophy of this generation. So uh, I don't want to go too deep into this because there'll be a whole other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, postmodernism. Uh, yeah, postmodernism, um, which is um, it's just another way of saying uh, saying that um, this is extremely overly simplified, but it's another way of saying, um, hey, we're willing to question everything. Um, and then you see kind of older generations who uh, maybe they take, it seems like they take authority more seriously, uh, and maybe they do in some ways. Uh, it's not so much that, that younger people don't respect authority as it is that we don't want to take anything uh, for granted. Um in this information age that we're in, I mean, golly bum, I mean, we, we get any information we want just at a, you know, just in a split second. Yeah, you can't come up with statistics preaching anymore because <laughs> people will, like, Google it right there. Yeah, you know? they say, oh, you're, you just pull that out of your hat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so everything's, everything is, 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 can be up for scrutiny. And, um, and that's how we were raised, um, that it's not that we don't believe there is truth or that we hate authority. It's that we just, we, in fact, we want to search for, for truth. And so there's pros and cons with every generation and how they generally, I, I want to emphasize that word, how they generally look at things, you know, whether you're in an older generation or a middle-aged generation or you're, you know, Gen X, whatever it might be. There's, there's pros and cons with the, the general, going back to what I said earlier, institutions have personalities. And so yeah. this isn't talking about every person or anything like that, but generally speaking, every generation has a personality. And for, so those who are millennials and, and Gen Z uh, tend to be a little more open to uh, asking questions. And maybe they go to these family events where there's, it's multi-generational and uh, different personalities are represented there, different contexts, different outlooks. And, uh, and they just feel like, hey, uh, I'm asking these questions um, and I'm not really being taken seriously. Or maybe Uncle Ted or you know, whoever <laughs> yeah. is... is um, bringing up something while I'm trying to eat my turkey and that he knows is going to be kind of triggering for me instead of just waiting till a later time where we're not just trying to enjoy our meal together yeah, and and just building a rapport for me, let, letting the conversation happen naturally. And so I, I think a lot of it comes down to just uh, uh, we're more, we tend to be more open to questions. Uh, and that's, again, that's general. And so that's left us, many of us at least, in a state where we feel kind of kind of bitter be honest uh, uh, because we feel like we can't have honest conversations or maybe we feel like we, we've been misled in some way. Yeah, I know in Searching for Sunday in the uh, introduction by Rachel that one of the things she says is that millennials really want a place where they can have honest, difficult conversations 
without the burden of simplistic predetermined answers. Mm. And one of the big phrases that comes up a lot in these discussions about the mindset of millennials and things like that is because I said so. Mm. And that's one thing that millennials are kind of sick and tired of hearing. That oh, yeah. They don't want just a because I said so. They want a reason. They want the facts. They want the data. And like we said before, if you say something to, to a group of kids, millennials and below, maybe uh, Zoomers or whatever, they're going to Google it. They're going to try to figure out if you're telling the truth and if you're somebody that's trustworthy. Yep. And w- <laughs> I challenge you. Go to McDonald's, or if you're in the South, in Alabama in particular, go to Jack's at like 7, 6.30, and sit as close as you can to that big round table <laughs> with all the older guys, and just listen for like 15 minutes. Listen, They're going to talk about the news, they're going to talk about sports, and it's like a different world sometimes, yeah. the assertions that they make. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, that is not anywhere close to true. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I'm, you know, you're kind of dumbfounded, and nobody speaks out and goes, well, wait a minute, where'd you get that from? Like, hey, can you Google that or whatever? And that's not everybody in that generation. Sure. But it's, it's that are, those are the trends that people have seen. Sure, and it can, it can feel hopeless. Yeah. And so, uh, hey, I'd love to have a great relationship with Uncle Ted, you know, or uh, with gran- Grandma or whoever, uh, or Mom and Dad. But I just feel like I can't talk to them. Or if I do talk to them, I feel like we're just in completely different worlds. Yeah. Um, not just when it comes to politics, because again, at least again, this isn't scientific, but according to the survey, most people can care. You know, it's kind of maybe so, maybe not when it comes to talking about politics. But when it comes to talking about religion, yeah, um, most people want to have those conversations, ideally, right? Um, but they just don't feel like it's a safe place to do that. Yeah, and like Jesse said before, and like I mentioned too, I think you know. A lot of these questions aren't very pleasant to have while we're carving turkey. You know, it's, no. it's a time of Thanksgiving. It's a time of, of celebrating what you have as a family and being asked your position on the dating of Revelation, like <laughs> while the beans are being served, knowing that it's a trick question to get you in trouble, yep. is not like you know on the top of your priority list at the moment. Sure, and so no wonder, <laughs> right? no wonder, almost fifty percent of millennials and, and younger are saying. I'd rather just not go. Let me throw this out. Um, we have the word disagreement in the title of the episode, but it's not just disagreements. Um, I heard from one of my friends. Uh, she was talking about how her family came over to visit her and her husband's house, and the entire time they were there, it was like a play-by-play of what had been going on the news that weekend. Mm-hmm. And the thing was is from a political standpoint, she was like lined up with most of what they were saying, but it just wasn't the time and place. Sure. And not only that, but the attitude that they were using to talk about those things, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't what she was looking for as yeah. as someone in that sort of millennial category. Yeah, right. and a lot of that has to do with identity. So there's yeah. something called social identity theory, and it's the idea that uh, we all uh, we find some kind of security by identifying ourselves with some kind of social environment. Um, so if I don't feel like I'm super close with my family. Or, or or maybe um, or maybe I feel more passionate about something besides my relationship with my family. Then where am I going to find my identity? You know, well it just depends. But for a lot of people, it comes to religion or politics. Yeah. And so I, I can go to a family event that's supposed to be about family, right? Um, and then try to find somebody in that family who agrees with me to kind of pat me on the back and say, "Oh yeah, that's how it is. You're right, brother." That's how it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or if there's nobody there, or you're just bored, you can try to find your identity and your security by pointing at some youngster that you think might disagree with you on something, and saying, "I can't believe you voted for so and so." Yeah. You know, 
and it's about trying to find identity. But if we try to find our identity when we're at these events uh, in our family, where, where's your place in this family? And that's where our focus is. Um, then you're less likely to have those kind of conversations in those situations. It's more about building yeah. rapport uh, with your family, which is why you're there to begin with. Well, you know? One of my good friends was uh, talking to her family about where she was living now. She uh, recently moved in the last year. And her grandmother, as she was sort of talking to her about this, she was like, oh, where do you go to church up there? She said, oh, I go to this church. And she said, okay, uh, well, you know not to go to that church over there. Because like a gajillion years ago, she had heard that that church to the grapevine was like liberal or something, <laughs> and which isn't even the case anymore per no. se. But you know that's how it was. So and the identity there was we are a part of this close knit fellowship. We know clearly who's in, who's out. Yep. You know who's paid their dues, and if you break that, you know if if you break that mold, you're no longer in, right? Yeah. And so meanwhile, you know my friend, she was like, well, how do you even know this? <laughs> you know, well, but that that doesn't matter. The fact is, the lines are drawn in the sand, and you need to be a part of this group. And that causes all kinds of bitterness. And if that's all somebody's going to talk about at every family event, yep. you're going to start skipping. You're going to start you know, uh, sending them the voicemail. You're going to start ghosting them on text messages. And the idea of sharing a table with them at the holiday season to hear that stuff for two or three hours like that's why I go outside and play tag football with the kids. You know, I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's so unfortunate because if I'm assuming that most people who are listening um, believes that Jesus is the Son of God yeah. and wants to be like Jesus and believes that He's the Creator of the universe. And so, what better thing to talk with your family about? You know, the people that you're that you were raised with, the people that you come from. Um, what what more important thing could you talk about around the Thanksgiving table or the Christmas table than, than Jesus? And, but as soon as we mention it, well, we feel like we, that's not a safe place to have those conversations. Yeah. And so, and so eventually you just feel like I don't belong in this community. And so why should I even, why should I even come? Okay. So before we continue a quick disclaimer, um, if you are like, so it's Thanksgiving morning right now. You're maybe listening to this with your husband or your wife, and you are actually trying to decide, are we going to go to Thanksgiving celebration? Are we going to skip the uh, husband's side to go to the wife's side because we don't want to hear Uncle Dave talk about a flat earth, you know, for like <laughs> how it's just like that plate he's holding, you know, for 30 minutes or whatever. So um, we're not trying to convince you that to go to your Thanksgiving celebration. No. We're saying if you do, how might we approach that in a more healthy way? So what are some ways we might deal with bitterness going into some of these difficult environments, Jesse? Sure. Well, I mean, we have to realize, first of all, that bitterness is not a bad thing. Now, uh, somebody might be hearing that and saying, what are you talking about? It's awful to be bitter. Yeah. So I, I hesitate to bring this up, but I, just, I can't get it out of my head. So Sarah and I, uh, last week, for some reason, watched we binge-watched the Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, oh, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the dramatized thing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> which is a horrible idea, by the way. Don't do that. Um, we do, we do not endorse Jeffrey Dahmer on this podcast. Um, but uh, well, hang on. You know he was a member of the One True Church. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure he's he's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just, uh, maybe not. Uh, so we <laughs> we um, we were watching this and. This lady, who was his neighbor, um, 
she's really struggling. She's talking to her pastor um, because you know Jeffrey's he's in he's in jail at this point, and the pastor in in um, in his worship service was talking about forgiving everybody, including our enemies. And she she tells her pastor after church, she says, "I hear what you're saying. I understand it's in the Bible. I understand this is what Jesus does. I just I can't." Uh, keep myself from hating him. And this lady heard some awful things. She's his neighbor. Yeah, and the police wouldn't listen they wouldn't, to her. They wouldn't listen to her. She called dozens of times, and they wouldn't listen to her. And so she had all this, understandably so, bitterness in her. And she's, But she said, now I don't know if the, the lady actually said this or not. You know, this is dramatized. Sure. But she said, uh, I, uh, I don't want to hold on to this hate. I don't want to see it overcome me. Uh, I don't like the person that I'm becoming, but I just can't see how I can let this go. Now, as somebody who's never gone through anything even remotely close to what she's been through and what and what the families of his victims have gone through, um, I can't put myself in their situation, um, and I can ima- I can imagine that I would be feeling though the same types of feelings. With that said, I I look at the life of Jesus, and I I want to say well, who I want to be is the person that says, you know, everybody has a context. Uh, everybody was an innocent baby at some point. God made everyone in His image. Um, and so regardless of where someone ended up, uh, God wants them to spend eternity with him and he loves them yeah. and, and and so I should try to forgive them too because that's what Jesus did love your enemies you know that's the Sermon on the Mount right um, that's who I want to be that's the ethic I want to hold but that doesn't always practically play out and I think that's natural now not everyone I, I hope you know most people aren't going through something like what this lady's gone through but we all have different degrees of bitterness that we're working through for different different reasons yeah and it's and it is interesting that he did he did end up um asking to be baptized and things like that um and there's letters and things like that to support it and it can be difficult to go even now you know living 25 28 30 years after the fact well even more than that going back to his first victims in the 70s it can be difficult to go yeah really is he's is he really saved you know sure but even that uh (laughs) even then we have to suspend our disbelief and go well if God really can transform anybody, if he really can save anybody, then he can even save a monster like that. Sure. And so I don't, I don't really like the way that's been glorified on no, social of, media of at not. all. I, but, re- I regret even watching. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want anybody to think that, you know, we were, I, I don't want anybody to come, to come up with the idea that we were like denying that it's possible that he could be saved or not. Of course not. But just, just that even that tendency to go, is he really, does come from, a yeah. place of bitterness. And that's my point. So there, yeah. th- we can have two things going on at once, um, or, or really multiple things going on at once. We can say, you know, God can do anything. We can, but we, and we can also say what this person did was horrible. Yeah. And then we can simultaneously feel bitterness. Now, how does that apply to us in Thanksgiving conversations? Well, some of us might feel like, you know, I've changed some of my views on some religious ideas. And I feel betrayed. I feel devalued. I feel like nobody really wants to listen to the questions and comments that I have. Um, I feel like some people even intentionally um, misused me and, and, and neglected me. And so I feel bitter. I feel, I feel this pain in my heart 
um, and I've went I went through some of that um, when I first started changing my, some of my views I was livid um, because when I was growing up and I asked questions uh, my dad who found Jesus in the Church of Christ and I have to respect that and I do respect that now um, but he didn't want to hear my questions and uh, he didn't want, even want to talk to me a lot of times because he's afraid that um, he's afraid that I just wanted to argue with him yeah. and um, and so when I started, started changing my views me and my dad wouldn't talk um, but then I, I then I also but I also remember because of my bitterness I go into my mom in her bedroom and telling her why she was wrong about all these views that she taught me and make, making my mother cry yeah and um, at the time I felt justified in that and because hey she she taught me wrong things and and I there's friendships I could have had that I didn't have because I thought that they were going to hell and they were going to miss you know lead me astray and there's people that I said unspeakable things to in the name of God because of what she taught me and so I felt justified in making my mother cry and making my dad feel like he doesn't want to talk to me anymore because I felt like they just shut me down, and they did shut me down. Yeah. So bit, bitterness, bit, but the, the issue isn't the feeling of bitterness. The, the issue is, um, are we letting bitterness control us and, and, and letting us hurt others? I think that God gave us bitterness to let us know that something's not right with the relationships that we're in. Yeah. But there's a difference between using bitterness as a sign that something's not emotionally stable at the moment and then letting bitterness control us and live within us and grow. And using it as an excuse to be toxic yourself. Sure. Um, my, my bitterness came, and this maybe people can relate to this, uh, from the fact that I was told time and time again, show us what we're wrong and we'll change. If you come to a conclusion that's uh, true from Scripture that doesn't match up with what you've heard, you have to follow that and not what we've told you. And I know that a lot of that was said from the perspective of, well, we're not wrong, so just test it and you'll figure out that we're right, you know. But I sincerely believed it. So when I started to reach different conclusions, particularly about uh, prophecy and things like that and the book of Revelation and whatever, I was genuinely, genuinely excited because I'm like, man, my family's told me that if I can find something in the Bible that, uh, that's true, that they don't believe, I need to share it with them, and they're open to receiving that because I hear that every single Lord's Supper talk, you know, show us we're wrong and we'll change. And when I presented it to them, I found that not to be the case, at least, you know, from my perspective. Now, they could be right and I could be wrong, but that was my perspective as I wasn't given a fair shot. Mm-hmm. And that produced a lot of bitterness. Maybe somebody there out there feels like that too. Or maybe you're bitter because you can't really justify, uh, you know, sharing King's Hawaiian rolls with people who you know believe uh, that you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's all pray for Thanksgiving you know, except for Larry over there, because we know that he's going to burn in hell forever, because uh, he doesn't, you know, worship with acapella music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so part of that is it seems so fake, and that can create a kind of bitterness. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and and the, the important thing about bitterness is we have to acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to my sister last night actually, and um, she's talking about how she's going to visit around different denominations because, um, but just do so casually. Because um, it was either that or not go anywhere for her right now, and she said, I, "I'm just I'm bitter." And I told her, um, "You admitting that and acknowledging that's what's going on within you. Um, I mean, that's the first step. Bitterness is not a bad thing. We have to acknowledge that 
this is how I feel, and, and it's okay for me to feel that way. Yeah, and it's not a sign of you being as you know you you being in sin or being separated from God or something like that. God gave you those emotions, as Jesse was saying, to send communication to your to your brain to go, hey, something's not right. Let's deal with this, sure, you know, sure. and let's not just tuck it away and let it build up for twenty nine years. So you got to go to therapy every week on Friday at ten o'clock, right? You know, like this is something that you can work on. Sure, and, and one big way of of working through bitterness is is as we said earlier, uh, finding communities to vent to that's been through like-minded experiences. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. Uh, that's what the, 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 the Facebook group's about. That's what those books are about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, re- read the experience of Rachel Held Evans or, you know, or, or Brian McLaren or Rob Bell or somebody like that, or maybe someone else, like a, like a book about, um, uh, like Kevin's book on Blinded by the Bible or A Different Kind of Poison. All those books are ways to uh, join a community and to see how they pre- process that information. To sort of mimic ways that you might, you know, find ways that you might process that information in your own life, or give you tools and trips, what worked, what didn't work, you sure. know, and might what work well, for you. And, and and the last thing I'll say on bitterness is, and there's so much more we could say, is um, just see it see it as an opportunity, see this feeling as a bit of bitterness as an opportunity for healing, whether it's healing of yourself and and finding your own self worth, or or maybe healing of a relationship. Um, that you have um, reconciliation and forgiveness are not necessarily the same thing um, reconciliation is about rekindling a relationship sometimes that's not possible yeah. sometimes somebody has done things uh, in a way that uh, maybe the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak maybe you try to reconcile that relationship uh, but it's just not working maybe they don't want to reconcile that relationship and so you're just kind of left uh, trying to figure out what to do but you can still try to find forgiveness and that might be that might take a lot, lifetime there's things that's been done to me, and there's things that's been done to other people that's probably listening to this. It's like, I, it's gonna take me, it's gonna take literally a miracle from God for me to fully forgive this person and find some kind of reconciliation. And it might be that that doesn't uh, manifest itself until you know the other, you know, until we reach the other side of glory, you know. Uh, but the point is, where are we living? Are we going on a journey trying to make steps forward? Are we seeing this as an opportunity for reconciliation and self-worth and, yeah. and, and to improve our relationships, or, or are we living in that bitterness? Those are two different things. We think about Jesus, and the Scriptures tell us in the Gospel accounts that Jesus knew that Judas was going to eventually betray him. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, there's 12 of you, and one of you is the devil. Like, <laughs> you know, he knew that was coming. And yet, he still ministered to him. He still invited them to go with him on his trips. He... He fed him along with the other 5,000 people that would eventually walk away, <laughs> you know. And he didn't hold that against hold that against Judas, yep. you know. And that can be, man, if he can do that, then maybe I can make it through Thanksgiving. I don't know, which I'm not the son of God, so maybe I can't, <laughs> uh, you know. But yep. maybe I could follow his example and try to treat someone with uh, compassion and grace despite both of our shortcomings. You know. Sure, and that and that leads to the idea of communication, which is kind of the last point yeah. that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, so sit at your Thanksgiving table and say, "There's twelve of you here. One of you's the devil. Yeah. Let's all eat. Amen." And that's all I got to say today. So, yeah, that's uh, it. That's that's all right, we hit oh, stop right, so recording. Uh, but no, like, <laughs> but communication. So again, I want to reemphasize something that Daniel said earlier. You know your situation. Me and Daniel do not know your situation. Yeah. So. It might be that your particular situation, you, maybe you don't need to go. It's irreparable. You, you can't. You, you don't need to go to this family event. 
Um, and Or maybe you got some personal things that you're trying to work through that, again, as we said earlier, maybe you need to see a therapist for a while and let that therapist help you get some tools, some emotional tools to work with before you, maybe you can go next year, you know. Um, but for those of you who do want to, to go to these play, to these these meals with your family, um, again, as Daniel said earlier, uh, maybe the meal isn't the time to have those conversations. Um and but maybe for you it is. I mean, uh, some of the best conversations that's that's ever happened has happened around the table. So it really comes down to you kind of judging for yourself. What's the personality of this of my family? As I said earlier, every family has a personality. Uh, so there is some subjectivity here. Um, so maybe maybe your family uh, tends to be passive, as we said earlier, uh, when it comes to conflict or or items of tension. Maybe your family. Uh, tends to be aggressive and combative and militant. Um, um, maybe you're the one bringing up these issues because you genuinely want to talk about them, but then your family either shuts you down or, or takes it and makes it into an argument. Or maybe you prefer not to talk about these things, uh, but your family keeps bringing them up. Uh, perhaps your family's uh, gathering is very superficial. You have nothing to talk about. Um, and you're trying to figure out how can I talk about something I'm passionate about, something I'm going through in my life, um, but they just seem to kind of push that away. There's a lot of different scenarios here, um, but if you want to communicate with your family, I have some tips, but again, you have to ask yourself, how does this apply to me? And there's so much more that can be said about this, but it all, but it all comes down to you asking your, your, yourself the question, is this a conversation I want to have, and if it's not... Now, let's say that it's not a conversation that you want to have. What do you do if they keep bringing up these conversations? And and you do want to be there. You know, you, you don't want to, let's, let's assume that you don't want to avoid the conversation or avoid the, the, the gathering, but you just want to avoid the conversation because right now maybe it's just with everything going on, it's just too much to, to deal with. Um, the first thing I would say is just set some boundaries and, and tell your family, not, not in a, an accusatory way, but tell them beforehand, before you get there, hey, uh, I, I'm not trying to be difficult, um, but we're, we're going through, through some things emotionally and spiritually right now, um, and we'd rather not talk about X, Y, and Z at the dinner table. Um, and if it, if it is brought up, we're going to step out of the room. Don't read that as us being angry at you, but just read it, read it as us saying, hey, um, we, we really would... Uh, desire some respect about what we're able to deal with right now and your family uh, hopefully will respect that now maybe not maybe not and and I'm sorry if that's a situation you're in I know people who are in who are in a similar situation that their family just doesn't care they don't get it they uh, it could be that they care about you but they just don't understand and that's just something that again uh looking for resources and seeing a therapist and having a community to vent to that's that's really important that's not something we can fix in this podcast for you unfortunately i wish i could um but for those of you uh who do want to have those conversations and you're open to those conversations um there's some tips and um one's just really simple if you're gonna uh, going back to the tip i just gave about if you don't want to have the conversation again set boundaries um so, for instance, if your family tends to be combative, say, hey, I'd, I'd love to have this conversation with you, Uncle Ted, um, but can we talk about what we're not going to do in this conversation for a <laughs> yeah. second? Uh, can we avoid uh, hyperbole? So, in other words, 
uh, over exaggeration about um, uh, you know using a lot of symbolism. We, if you're going to have this kind of serious conversation, we need to use literal language um, because if we use a bunch of hyperbole, like well everyone feels this way, or can you believe that uh, you know the Gen Xers are doing that or whatever? Uh, if we're if we're uh, overgeneralizing and using symbolic conver- uh, conversation and hyperbole. We're not being specific, and it's, it opens it up for a lot more um, misinterpretation, and that's what we want to avoid. Um, so, can we just can we uh, resort to you know no yelling and and no um, let's not spend all day on this. Uh, yeah. Let's spend time just talking about the game or talking about how uh, Aunt So and So is doing. But let, yeah, sure, we can allot some time to this, but let's set some boundaries um, because we and, and and one big one. Um, we all have a a limit where we're like, okay, I've reached, I've talked about this, all I can talk about this for right now. Um, communicate that. Hey, if we're gonna have this conversation, there's gonna be a time, Uncle Ted, that I'm just, I've talked about it all. I can talk about it without just kind of getting over overly stimulated yeah. about it, and, or AKA triggered by it. And uh, so I'm gonna let you know when that is, and I just need you to respect that. That's that's as far as it's gonna go. Now, if you don't think Uncle Ted can have that conversation, then, yeah, probably let's just avoid it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but Yeah, and, and during that conversation, you want to model the type of attitude you want to see in Uncle Ted. Sure. Uh, you want to have, you know, you want to be fully engaged in the conversation. You want to listen the best that you can. You, you should ask uh, genuinely curious, honest questions, not questions that are meant to entrap, but genuinely uh, show interest in their point of view. Even if it's the wackiest thing you ever heard, show interest, and maybe they'll reciprocate when it's your turn to add something to the conversation, um, verbally at least, because I guess we're always adding to conversations non-verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, lead by example and not calling names and not imputing motives and sure. not, uh, you know, misrepresenting them when it comes when it comes time for you to talk. And one of the other things that's common in these types of communications, especially like religious debates, and we're all familiar with this, is we'll often compare the best attribute of our position to the worst attribute of theirs. That's straw man. And it might happen on the podcast. We might be talking about the Church of Christ and be like, yeah, man, they just think everybody else is going to hell. Yeah. (laughs) And and we don't think everybody else is going to hell. But how many shortcomings do we have? Sure. And how many good things might they do? Sure. doesn't take away the bad, but, you know, sometimes we can fall into that trap. Uh, those little tips that I mentioned and a little bit more um, are found in that Thanksgiving resources article below. And we may share a list of this, uh, what we're giving you now, but there's a lot of like citations and stuff we'll do. So we'll kind of play it by ear. We got a month, so who knows? <laughs> who knows what'll happen? If you see it, you know you know that we found time to do it. If not, Jesse's in his last semester of school. So sure. <laughs> cut him and me some slack. <laughs> Sure. Well, and, yeah. and and the last thing, last thing I'll say, just to kind of echo you, there's yeah, a lot sure. more. There's a lot more we could say. For sure. Um, and and we'll uh, we'll uh, try to have a PDF or something with what I have here. Yeah. Um, with the show, um, but there's something called accommodative communication and uh, interpretability uh, autonomy, and those are just fancy ways of saying try to understand the context of the person that you're talking to. So yeah. that doesn't mean that you agree with them. It doesn't mean that they don't say things that you're just like feeling like that's kind of cringy, you know. Um, 
it, it just means that you're trying to understand where they're coming. You're listening to understand, not listening to rebuttal, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, to, to bring this back to uh, Scripture, we sometimes read, like, in Leviticus, and we're like, wow, it's so brutal, all this blood, guts, and sacrifice, and purity laws. Or we read some of the war stories in Joshua, and we're like, man, this is so barbaric. And then we, like, look at the New Testament, and we go, why didn't they just openly condemn the institution of slavery? What's yeah. going on? Well, of course, of course that's how they were. Like, it's, <laughs> it's 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Like, would you expect them to be this utopian society sure. that has, like, you know, sort of America's idea of what the world should be? Sure. It doesn't make any sense, right? And since we cut the Bible that kind of slack and we understand their, their uh, life situation, we should also realize the life situation of each person at the table. Sure. Maybe they come from a abusive upbringing. Maybe they, maybe all of their friend group is in the, the of this like one ideology. So of course that's what they believe. Yeah. You know, try to cut them a little bit of slack. Well, no. and ultimately, I mean, this this sounds cliche, but I hope that we don't confuse truth with a cliche. And and what I mean is, let's look to Jesus and how he handled things. There were times where Jesus has kind of walked away. You know. Yeah. Sure. And there's times where Jesus needed a break, and. Um, and needed a nap, and he got mad at him for waking him up. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know he didn't mean it this way, but there were times when the scripture says, basically, it's not time for that right now. Like my hour is not yet come. This isn't <laughs> this know? isn't what we're here about. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's yeah. times where you know I love the story in John where Jesus comes up to the paralyzed man at the pool and, and says, uh, "This guy that has been waiting forever to be healed." And he's, his first question to him is, "Do you want to be healed?" You know, and you're like, why did he ask that? And you know, my, my opinion is because not everybody wants to be healed. Not and, and how do we apply that to what we're talking about? Not everybody's ready to grow. And it could be your family's not ready for that. It could be that because you're dealing with some emotions that you're you're not quite ready to have some of those conversations. And that's that's okay. But the the thing that the biggest thing I want to communicate just and I'll just leave it here. I know we're in our time now. But um is that you're not alone if you're going through some of this. If you're staying um uh, at home today you're not alone. If you're looking for community, you're not alone. If you're going to the event, but you're trying to avoid the conversation because you just don't think your family's ready for that, maybe they're not, and you're not alone. If you're going to this event and your family's kind of being superficial and because they don't want to talk about anything because they're afraid of conflict, um, you're not alone. If your family uh, is combative about everything, uh, and sometimes maybe you run into that yourself, you're not alone, and if you want to have a conversation about the most important thing in your life and you're hoping and praying that your family wants to have that conversation too, you're definitely not alone. And and there, there are ways, when the stars align, <laughs> um, to do that. When you, when you think, when you talk to your therapist and you pray about it, you think about it, there, there are tools out there that, that if your family is open to it, and you're open to it that you can you can have those conversations. But if your family's not there, there's there's other communities, there's other families out there that that want to love on you, that wants to tell you that they're there for you. Um, conflict conflict's not the bad thing. Conflict helps us grow. We need conflict. Um, what's bad is usually when we talk about conflict, what we think about is how we handle conflict, and that's usually not good. Um, so that's what this this episode is about. Um, but Daniel, I just appreciate you having me uh, today, and hopefully this was helpful to somebody on their way to Thanksgiving meal uh, yeah, this morning. I'm sure it will be. I benefited from the conversation for sure. Um, one last thing we'll leave them with, 
we have to learn to practice the art of agreeing to disagree. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you can do. And uh, maybe it's not let's eternally agree to disagree. It could be in this moment at this time. Let's just agree to disagree. Let's let's come back to it later. Well, my, one of my favorite uh, quotes is, um, "The journey is the destination." Um, so we're all on a journey, and but I think the journey is the destination. And I mean that's what exploring faith and pursuing grace is all about. It's about uh, let's just in faith go into the wilderness together and see where God takes us. Yeah, regardless of where we are, we're all at different places, yeah. and that's the beauty of this of this walk in Christ. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed Thanksgiving, regardless of what sort of situation you're headed to. Uh, if you're about to you know, binge watch Breaking Bad again instead of going to one of those <laughs> conversations, more power to you. If you're going to uh, try to get through it, more power to you. And if you have like the perfect family that you don't have to deal with any of that stuff and everybody just sings Kumbaya and wow. you know, precious Jesus, hold my hand, then <laughs> have a great time. Um, <laughs> but you all just have a blessed Thanksgiving. We're so happy that we're able to uh, have this avenue that we can communicate these truths uh, to you and to each other. And we're thankful for the community that this podcast has created. If you'd like to join that community, please join us on Facebook on Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. And if not, I'm sure there's other ways that we can uh, get together through messaging apps or Reddit or something like that or other forms of social media. So just know you're not alone. Just know that we want to I have this kind of community with you uh, to give you this space to voice your doubts, concerns, frustrations, and to lean on each other for support, and most importantly, uh, to lean on God for support. So we pray that you have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.